so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. Everybody, it's a new episode of Ho Ho Hong Kong. I'm your host, Mohammed Magdi, sitting here with an equally good-looking host, co-host, Annie Louie. There you go. Yeah. Annie, Annie's back on the podcast. It's now hijacked by a gross couple who post about uh, their photos, their their stuff. Like, look at us being online. Yeah. Somewhere. Or as one of your friends said, you've done so many photo shoots. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. What, what what was that about? I think it's just she's seen Instagram posts and yeah, called them photo you. shoots. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and also it's good like to have you because you're very active online and then I can just repost your stuff. Yeah. Although I feel really bad currently. I haven't uploaded any of our holiday photos to the Google Drive yes. so that you can post some stuff. So I've hoarded, I've had a monopoly on the content. I would like, I would like some photos please. And uh we uh we are in currently as you're listening we're currently in taiwan we're just doing shows there you'll hear about it when we're back i'm sure well we haven't even flown out yet whoa yeah we're making a prediction from the future we're recording from the past (laughs) and the future yeah uh so on the taiwan news uh right before we're recording in hong kong before we flew out but uh, from the taiwan news the booker a friend of mine in taiwan uh said hey very relevant local news story you'll hear about it at the shows Basically, what happened is that today the government sent out a presidential alert to everyone's cell phone, which is usually reserved for earthquake warnings, etc. Time out here. We had that in Hong Kong about two years ago, and we were joking about We had a whole episode about it because we most people... Did you know about that? Your phones... The, com- the company can basically override your phone. Yes. And make it go bananas. It starts screaming at... Oh, okay. No, we don't have this. It's fucking nuts. Like, I didn't know. I literally threw my phone away when it (laughs) happened because it just, like, overrides it in in case of, like, emergency of sorts, like, crazy emergency. Turns out back then, actually, in Hong Kong, what happened is that it was a test. So your phone just starts making a noise you've never heard before. Yes, that is correct. Like, screaming. Screaming And everyone's doing it. Everyone in the city had that. And the episode, I think, if you scroll back, like, a year or two ago... It's like everyone's phones give them a heart attack. But or does it send you a message along with it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it there gives an you a message like a, like a kind of like a sci-fi movie when the whole screen turns to like... Oh my God. It's yeah. terrifying. And everyone looked it up. Turns out it is a function for all networks all over the world. Oh. You can just override it in case they tell you like aliens are coming or whatever. Wow, but you could it, really muck around with people like that. Yep. <laughs> and in a classic Hong Kong fashion, they went like... Oh, yeah, we were testing the system to see if it works with no warning. Oh, dear. So, anyway, apparently they in Taiwan got that and yeah. it said presidential alert to everyone's cell phone. Uh, so they With the, the screaming? Do you know if they... Yeah, yeah, With yeah. the whole With thing? The alert oh, okay. Because I thought this was just like in Australia, we have texts that go, someone's missing and you get a little text. Well, a apparently our American it. friends told us, yes, they are more used to it there because... They do it locally to la- notify people if someone is missing. Yeah. Or if there's like a pedophile. A criminal on the, on the loose. Yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. <So laughs> I when- mean, that would be bad if you got both at once. There's a pedophile <laughs> on the loose and a missing child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, when we had the episode, our American friends went, oh, yeah, yeah, we know that. We have never heard of it in Hong Kong. So to continue the Taiwan story, basically, they said, they send the presidential alert. Seems an inappropriate use of that alert too, because they're just saying there's a satellite. But it gets worse, because the Chinese version of the word sa- uh, for the word said uh, was satellite launch. So everyone watch out for falling debris. 
that mm-hmm. was the alert. Which actually now I take it back. It might be appropriate to use. Mm. Doesn't matter. The English version, however, mistranslated satellite to missile. So all the foreigners in Taiwan got a text saying China was going to fly an overhead missile. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's on the local news of Taiwan. Uh, you have been now in Hong Kong for a couple of weeks. This is the first time you kind of live in Hong Kong, right? Yeah. Am I living? Well, extended period of time. Yeah. Yeah, I love how you're asking me. That's like, can I live here? Oh uh, like, well, I mean, you know, we we keep saying we'll do the fun stuff later. So yes. it's like I feel like I'm postponing the like the cool living part of it. Like, yeah, adventures. You know, yeah. mostly we've been at home doing work, walking the dog, yeah. eating toast. <laughs> you know, like is that a life? Well, that's that's kind of what I want you to experience. Just like I don't want you to think you're like a tourist forever. That's true. Yeah. I think people back home think I'm holidaying permanently yeah. now because it's going to, as people re-enter the working year, I'm still here until the end of the month. So right. it just looks like I am perpetually holidaying <laughs> until the end of time, right. um, which is kind of why I also posted yesterday that I'm doing a bunch of shows as right. well. Like yeah. I'm also working. working. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think the city's great. The weather's been good. It hasn't rained at all since i've come this is yeah a month ago yeah yeah we in hong kong are obsessed with records we love records here but they're almost mostly useless ones so like they said scmp also just like whenever they have a slow news day they're like this has been the longest hour for the last four hours <laughs> more at seven and it's like all right thank you scmp yeah uh, it was the hottest new year's Correct. On yeah. Record hottest. since 18 something, something. Which I feel like, yes, it's a cool fact or whatever, but it's like also I can live without it. Yeah. Yeah. Back you, at, you studied journalism, right? Yeah. You got to find, well, this is what I find fascinating as well with um, like Australian country towns also mm. have a record for absolutely anything. Yeah. Like I went to one recently that was the highest town in Australia, which is different to highest city. <laughs> which is okay. different to highest, yeah. you know, village or whatever. Yeah. So they all have like something which will be the best country pie above 500 meters sea level. <laughs> you know, like the, just, yeah. you got to lean into your niche and Hong Kong is, is finding that. And yeah. uh, that's great. But then with our news, it's also like, I feel like for the rest of the world, they see our news and it's a lot of it is like, yeah, this has been the longest minute in a minute or whatever. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, these people are very like, privileged and have no real problems which is kind of true yeah but then you also have the extreme which is like the other big news story that was out a few months ago was like this lady a model who uh they found different parts of her in a soup in different parts pots of soup in a country in a village house like you know out in Congo, whatever mm. and uh maybe somewhere in fanling somewhere in new territories and uh yeah that's the other extreme uh, also spoiler alert she's dead because I, I realized why as I'm saying it that like they found different parts of her and it makes me think that she went and reported it but no she was oh dead. okay like yeah. hey that's my toe can exactly. I have it back yeah 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 but no she no. Was, they found yeah. different parts of her she was not there I mean as gruesome as it sounds I, I'm like you know quite hooked on that I think if there isn't already a true crime podcast for Hong Kong they yeah. need, we need to start one no yeah yeah we should start one I agree with that but how many more crimes could we have is that like the end no, of yeah, it yeah it's <laughs> literally one of the lowest crime rates like, in terms of like murder and stuff yeah like we have like you know financial crimes or whatever but like in terms of like safe like Hong Kong is literally probably the safest city in the world with like you know Singapore and a couple of other like very privileged places yeah but you compare it to like i saw something speaking of stats i saw something from the u.s when it says like new york had the lowest like homicide rate for the last like 10 years and it's like 
2,000 people a day still. Holy <laughs> it's shit. Like, it's like, all right. It's yeah, like, soon enough, the podcast will have one episode on the lady in the soup. And then episode two would be person walks out of restaurant, forgot to pay. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop the press. Now a word from our sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Is he using his octopus card? Yeah. Octopus gets you places quickly. <laughs> Never forget to pay when you have octopus. The signs are everywhere. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is great to remind myself that we have something more similar to like the real news because i was in china watching their news which mm. my uncle never misses like he has to watch yeah, news every day oh my god which i find fascinating because i watch the news every day with him i'm like this isn't news but yeah. he's like fully like yeah. hooked as if every day there's going to be something like completely out of this world like yeah. <laughs> whereas i'm watching it like all the graphs like they all go up yeah. Like all the graphs about economy, they're all going up with like it, lots it, of it, money coins. <laughs> like, it did feel well very much doing. like a, a Black Mirror episode. I, I I sat next to your uncle watching the news and yeah. after five minutes, I actually felt like parts of my soul dying. Yes. Yeah. I'm like this is very like almost dystopian. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I figured the safest things to report on are weather. Like if there's <laughs> been a snowstorm, you're like, okay, we got five days of news here. Like yeah. fantastic. Because weather is not political and it's also not something i mean you think it's not political but you know on the surface but yeah. then it was like look how many people we've rescued i'm like okay here comes the politics yeah yeah um but yeah i mean we we were hooked on what is it ice truckers in a hotel room in indonesia so i can see how <laughs> like i was like i was Speak pretty yourself. i was writing <laughs> jokes looking at it no we were like <laughs> oh no is that barrel of salmon gonna make it we're like no <laughs> i mean how good is that show honestly yeah, very good. Yeah, it's really like I'm sure like our American because it's been running forever. Like our mm. American friends are like, yeah, like we know. Yeah, we know. But for me, it's like such. Yeah, I've like never a watched it. Before. It's so good. Mm, just about um, cars stuck on mountains, well, huge trucks. Yeah, stuck on icy roads. Ice road truckers <laughs> or whatever. But okay, so your impressions of Hong Kong. So yeah, now you're kind of living here. What, what do you think? I like that everyone walks. Mm. There's trains at work but if you want to save money you can just walk the same yeah. way pretty much unless you're going far also like a little note here we are very much in the expat bubble of one chai to kennedy town just like <laughs> you know to explain to people because people will be like yeah it's a walk it's a walk friendly city but yeah. at the same time there is also most of hong kong is not where we are yes most yes. of hong kong is people taking a bus for 45 minutes to work and stuff so, you know, yeah, you can't yeah. particularly walk across the harbor either. I tried. I was going to drown. So it's okay. not, not a good yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. I see. Well, all the places we've needed to go, yes. mostly walking. I've never done so much walking in my life. I'm averaging like thirteen to 15,000 steps a day. You are welcome. You, are, you, <laughs> you, sh- you owe that to me and the dog. Because I don't walk. Back home, I don't walk. Uh, I haven't walked since lockdown. Melbourne is so flat too. Why are you not walking? The distances are too far. Like, they're just too far. Then leave home early. You want to walk, like, 20 kilometers across the, to the other side of Not town? Not particularly, but you can walk to, like, a farther train station and then take the train. I've know? never heard anything more disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> what? Anyone who's... Even Andy You're will... self-employed. Like, you can, you can time yourself that you're like, all right, I'm just going to walk for an hour, then go to my destination. No. <laughs> I don't walk unless it is. I don't walk. 
<laughs> but like Andy, the previous co-host of the podcast, mm. told you that mm. Melbourne is a driving city, and you've seen it. Yeah, like you need it a is. Car. But like, yeah. But how about no? Just like you know, like walking is is it's good for you. And uh, for in Hong Kong, we love walking. Yeah, it's not it's not for exercise at all. Like I get a little bit of incidental walking here and there, but you saw my health stats on my iPhone. One of the days recently I did 263 steps. <laughs> Which is by the way should be a crime. Like people like this is where like I really I'm really full for full dictatorship. Like if your phone records that at midnight, they should come and get you and make you walk <laughs> before you go to bed. Like two actual government, like, right, like police like, officers. Go put a tracksuit on. We're going. We're going. And then they just walk you around the block and then you hit 10,000 and they just like let you, right. let you walk back. I actually think totally for that. I should like, if someone is listening from the government, some people do, and then they should take that proposal and I will be like... I think it's more common than you think. I reckon you should ask people how many steps are they doing a day? Uh, yeah, yeah. We uh, <laughs> Listeners, uh, write in. Uh, please uh, let us know your average uh, walking stats yeah. because this lazy bum next to me thinks it's okay to have yeah. 200 steps a day. Well, it stays low because I like to go to the gym and that's exercise. See, that's nuts. The fact that you have free walking, like you're not living in like whatever, San Francisco, where it's like really all uphill and stuff. Like you are living in a very flat city and to not walk and then pay money yeah. to go walk indoors. I'm not walking in there. You I'm are on the I'm, treadmill. I'm not on the treadmill. No, no, forget about that. I'm saying the average person, maybe not you, but like most people I feel who like don't you, walk. You shouldn't be paying to walk on a treadmill. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but you can be paying to run on a treadmill because the weather conditions outside aren't good. I understand that too. But a lot of people are literally getting their steps. Like, you hear that. It's like, oh, I have to start by getting my steps in. I'm like, go walk outside, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what is the point? Is it, the weather yeah, is I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. If you're going there to walk. Also, because it's so artificial. Like, when you get off the treadmill, you get that funny, like, bouncy kind of feeling. Yeah. And, yeah, I think you should just do that outdoors. That's your body telling you you weren't made for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, but, okay, so going back to China, so y you have visited your family, just give us a little bit of background on your family, because Taishan is kind of a special place in China, in a way. Uh, <laughs> no one's ever described it as special, I don't think. Well, you did, because you said um, the highest number of immigrants outside of, like, yeah. from China, like, exports. Yeah, talents. it's got some cool stats that I found out about Speaking recently. Speaking of stats, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, tell us tell us a little bit about yeah. Taishan. Um, so, it has 900,000 people living there, mm. and it's considered very small by yeah, China standards. Yeah. yeah, I've been calling it the village because there still are a lot of embankments with old Chinese ancestral houses, and it's uh, turned into more of a manufacturing place as well but they do have like a what we would consider a city like mm. so that's like taishan like city and then my family is from a place called shuibu which is about half an hour 25 minutes in a car mm. and it's 10 kilometers basically but also for the city because i was with you there for the city it's like a small chinese city that actually does have all your typical like we there is a mall there yeah and it's not like a shitty strip mall it's a pretty nice mall by most standards, it's a pretty nice one. Yeah, but it's come like, a long way. I came, I came here yet, uh, like eight years ago and mm. they did not have any of this stuff. They had like one tiny mall mm. and the roads that we had to take to get to the city weren't paved yet. Really? So it was like gravel. Yeah. We, there was no DDs mm. around. We had to 
get the local guy who owned a big van yeah. to take us down when he was free. <laughs> right. Like if he wasn't having a nap or lunch, be like, can you drive us into the city and we'll yeah. give you some cash. And if it wasn't for him, you just like... Yeah, you cool. wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to go. So Damn. this was pretty bonkers this time to be able to use your phone to order cabs around and um yeah drivers will take you to another mall there's another mall now yeah. and for the first time ever they have hotels they did not have <laughs> hotels last time and i was like oh i gotta see what this is all about so because the house that we were staying in couldn't fit us all and also mm. my family would be weeded out if we was to stay in the same room so i was sure. like okay we'll get a hotel mm. um and it was not what i expected right what was the hotel like I don't think it should be called a hotel. <laughs> Actually, I'm also asking you like I wasn't there. So I'm doing like a very much like a radio host thing. It's like, what is it like when you know the answer? Yes. I, I know the answer because I was in the same hotel. Yeah, we uh, went to the... Well, yeah, this, it was yeah. pretty funny. It was a family affair. As soon as we arrived... Hilarious. Absolutely. <laughs> like, at least it's your family. I am a complete stranger to these people. We're arriving at midnight. And they had booked the one hotel for us, which is nice. Well, they didn't quite. They hadn't paid for it yet. So we all yeah. rocked up at the hotel. So you, me, my sister, my cousin and her partner came to grab us from the bus station sure. from Guangzhou to yeah. Taishan. We got off the bus. They were there. Took us to the hotel where approximately 150 family members were waiting. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they helped us check in yeah. and there was a, a few options a few issues where they said we don't have a room with the bed size that you'd like but mm. we do have a room where you can push the two beds mm. together and basically have a king bed mm. and i was like okay that's fine we can just push the beds yeah. together and then the whole family were like can we look at the room <laughs> and so they, we all yeah, piled in to the elevator so yeah yeah it's, like uh, step back a bit like your sister had her own room she had a room at my aunt's house yeah no but she stayed oh. at the hotel the first night i believe no like, in a different didn't. floor or something no 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 she went ah, back all right. yeah yeah stayed with them yeah i'm thinking of shanghai sorry yeah uh, yeah yeah okay so we yeah we had that hotel just staying with the family and then we go up there first of all just from a hong kong point of view gigantic room it's a house of a room yeah it's it's so big uh just like unnecessarily big because there's like a bit of like 40 square meter of space between the bed and the window when there's basically yeah. nothing mm. which is kind of nice but like just for hong kong because i've been here for so long for Hong Kong, like anything that is that size is just extravagant i'm like you can fit <laughs> yeah. three helpers here uh, three helper rooms here because that notoriously the helper rooms are very small. It's uh, a very yes. Hong Kong joke. That you really okay. get. But yeah, you can fit, fit three helper rooms here. Yep. So anyway, but then yeah, two queen beds, I guess, like separate, like it's a twin room, right? Yeah, they're pretty big, at least like a double size. Yeah, and, and then, then when, and then, so we walk into the room <laughs> with your 150 family members, your mother, your sister, your yeah. auntie, her husband, and uh, the two yeah. people who picked us yes. up, and then. Hundred randos, <laughs> yeah, and the two women working at the desk. Oh yeah, came as well. So, and the room was that big that it fit everybody comfortably. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and so my uncle starts saying, "We'll help you push the bed," and he just starts pushing the bed. And we're like, "No, no, no, it's fine." That's what I. That's when I put my like in the beginning. You know, I'm a foreigner. Like my Mandarin is okay, so I was like correct, like speaking to them in Mandarin. They're correcting me. It was all cute, but I was being very polite. Obviously, just first time meeting this family. That's the only time I went, absolutely not. I just <laughs> stood between the two beds and I'm like, no, 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 no need to do that. You can all leave now. Thank you very much. I was surprised by that because I thought you could understand culturally from having 
probably Middle Eastern yeah. family members always in your business. So I was really surprised, but you're like, no, stop. This yeah, is yeah. too much. I think it was too much. I think I understood the culture part of having the family in your business. That I get. Yeah. But no family ever would do that. It was like, we'll help you push the beds together. That's a little... <laughs> it's like, it's okay. We're also fine to sleep on the separate beds. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is, that, is the, that the part that creeps you out the most? Is that they were like trying to enable your haram activities? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it just like, I think it could have been maybe okay like a few days later. It's just the fact that I had just ah, met these people. So it's more that you don't want them going out of their way so much for you no it's just like the activity that they're going out their way for is very weird okay yeah like right, they, so if they had of offered of, of to, carry, to carry my suitcase i would have been yeah. like okay that's they're being polite sure. whatever so it's a, both the first time meeting and a little creepy yeah it's okay. a little creepy it's like just want yeah, to spell it we will make sure that it's like all right we don't need to make sure of anything but it's it's very cultural thing yeah yeah it's it's quite yeah. funny like we'll that. make we sure have you have common. close contact while yeah. you yeah. sleep yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh yeah, you. When was the last time you were in that uh, village? Uh, I was twenty-one. Mm. So yeah, it's been nearly ten years. Damn. Yeah. And one other thing that I forgot, also, even having lived in China for very long, is that in in places like Taishan, uh, people smoke everywhere, and they still smoke everywhere. Uh, yeah, I don't even remember it being so bad when I went because uh, everyone. All the men in my family basically smoke, like the mm. older generation. And I guess they keep their houses quite clean. But when in the hotel that's a smoking hotel, it was seeping out of everywhere. It was yeah. coming out of the walls. And the first thing I noticed was the toilet seat was burnt. <laughs> <laughs> Charred by someone trying to put out a cigarette, I guess. Yeah. And so you're trying that to... That morning s- cigarette is... Uh. Yeah. Oh, God. So we walk into the room and that was actually the first thing that we all noticed was it it reeked. Um, And there were a lot of bugs, a lot of uh, random roachy looking things that kept popping up everywhere. Um, KTV. KTV. (laughs) So the hotel, to give a little bit of background, the hotel is also a KTV slash brothel. Like a little, you might not understand that as a woman, but like looking at a spa sign... With oh, like yeah, a bunch it was a, of yeah, it had a spa that's and a bro- KTV. That's a brothel. And some beer ads. Yeah, correct. So, okay. yeah, that is a literal no! brothel. Yes, exactly. Okay, so, great. I stayed at a KTV brothel hotel. That is, yeah. And there's so many of them around China because you can actually get... I don't think that this hotel is the same, but you can get other hotels when the KTV has like a girl service. When you can just like go and like see a lineup and pick a couple of them and you party with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. So I did not know it was a KTV hotel at all because there was a KTV sign like next door. But yeah. turns out they're for the same place. Like the two stairways yeah. adjoin and you have a five level hotel where the third level is for KTV. Yes. Like that's fucked. Why would you put the KTV right in the middle, sandwiched <laughs> between the people who are trying to sleep? Yeah. Like put it on the top level, I would understand, or in the basement. But that is just like whose business idea? Yeah, well, someone who is trying to like make the business make the most out of it because the hotel is not the four seasons. The hotel is not the main thing. The hotel is for people who are partying, who get drink too much, or you know, have a deal with the lady, and then just yeah. Go no next one told door. me that. Yeah, well, it does. I could have told you that, but I'm like, <laughs> ah, let's see, because I have lived in China enough to know that like, so you didn't even know like the spa sign and the photo of like the ladies. Outside, like wearing like air hostess kind of like no. attire. Yeah, that's I'm a, thinking about it now. <laughs> yeah, this spa is basically like that is the proper brothel. 
And then the KTV, I think it's a regular one, but then people can like, you know, hook up and go next door. Or oh, okay. That's yeah. where we were. Great. Yeah. So there's like an off menu item, like where you can just go, like, I would love to know at what point do you start singing and then be like, I want that service. Well, first of all, if there is a woman involved, like a, like a guest woman, like if you and I and your sister go, we're not seeing that menu. No one's offering it to us. Even if we ask, they're just going to play down. Sure. So yeah. it's only for groups of guys. Oh, Okay. Yeah, same thing if you go into like a, a massage place. We actually walked into one in Shanghai when yeah. they just freaked out because we were looking for... <laughs> We've never had legitimate customers before. Correct. What do we do? We were, they were looking, like, we were looking for legitimate massage, but then it's the two women and me. And you're yeah. like, ah! And then you just had like... Because there was a woman in very sexy Chi Pao came out. I'm like, I don't think you're ready for to give someone a regular massage yes i see i see and that's the same thing and then also to deter people like us the menu is so overpriced because uh, they have to have a legitimate menu still yeah which is why the foot massage costs us like 200 us dollar i see it's just insane it's like a thousand two hundred rmb for a foot massage Gotcha. Now it makes sense because I kept asking you, why is it that only men sing karaoke here? Yeah, that's why. <laughs> like, it's always male voices yeah. up until like 7 a.m. Shut up. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is all the most China experience coming out now. All the stories and everything I've seen there. So, yeah, I can look at a KTV room from far away and be like, yep, that's shady. Yeah. Or, but even, even that one we walked into in Shanghai, I was 50 50 about it, but I also wanted you guys to see what it's like inside if it's the mm, other one yeah just to experience yeah. it the last time i went to china we stayed with my second aunt and her house uh was next to a little village area where i'd brush my teeth and i look out the window each day and there'd always be a group of women there looking at their phones mm. and i was like oh don't they have are they looking for a wi-fi signal out here <laughs> i don't know why they always hang out there and it, i think it took me a month for it to click that they were all sex workers waiting for clients mm. and then Anna, my sister, went to go back and visit just that area and they don't live there anymore. Mm. And she was like, look at this. The the whole house is boarded up. And I was like, <laughs> I actually got really sad. I was oh, like, oh, yeah. like nostalgia. That's like, okay because they all <laughs> probably came to Hong Kong for better pay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, have actually yeah. seen them yourself on Temple Street. I showed them to you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah yes. that's nice. Okay, that's good. A wholesome little ending. Cause I mean, I don't. I, wholesome <laughs> is, a, is a stretch for sure. For anyone who lives here, they, these people are literally run by triads. Like oh, the whole fuck. thing. Okay, is, never mind. There is a well. There is a legal prostitution situation in Hong Kong where Harry Harrison, a, for, a guest, a former guest on the podcast, he's the cartoonist for the SCMP. Yeah. So his office, which I visited, is here in Central. And it's a very interesting office because it's him, like him and another like nerdy looking dude, like literally drawing sketches. It's a very like artsy office and every other room in the building is a legal brothel and him. It's fascinating. He's ah. a big white dude and, and there's just like a lot of prostitutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he talked about it on the podcast yeah. too. It's like, you know, in the beginning they thought like he's a frequent customer until they realized he just It's probably just a- cheap rent. There must be something yeah, yeah, good yeah. for you there. I yeah. honestly don't even remember. You guys can go back and listen, find Harry's episode. One of our best actually. Harry's a fantastic guy. Um uh, but I did visit him and I just like walked around the the 
the corridor and it's yeah it's full on like i think you see signs that says like english service and then the lights mean different things mm. and stuff like that and you can actually just knock and haggle with them wow yeah i'm uh, learning a lot yeah when i visited him i was just like very curious but i was also i'm not gonna lie i was scared well yeah because i've never been in like this this kind of places i didn't know what what's the etiquette you do the wrong thing and you get whacked mm. i don't want to yeah but going back to temple street that's illegal so, oh okay, so the right, part right. that the harry harrison building <laughs> sorry harry i'm calling it that where where he is in central that's a legal thing where you can go and like ex- money for service the temple street ones are pretending to be massage basically mm. so you will never really have a like a proper like exchange like a open face exchange when you're like oh you i you do this and i pay you this much they always be like oh come upstairs for massage i see i see because i don't know much about the yeah the laws around this yeah in this new country i just i just know that i went for a massage one time back home and i got a neck massage in a shopping center and someone came out in clear platform shoes speaking mandarin saying i'm gonna go take a shower i'm like what's going on like but but why you're just doing neck massages i'm confused so yeah my innocence has been lost now on this trip um (laughs) there was a story also from like a month or so ago of a guy suddenly again classic hong kong news all we know is a viral video of a guy who is completely naked except for like a towel around his waist has the letters on and on his chest in Chinese that says something along the lines of got a prostitute couldn't afford to pay and the story here is that this guy went to a place around Temple Street the illegal ones somehow fucked up the pay maybe he thought he can get away with Mm. whatever he tried to scam the thing or he legitimately forgot the money poor guy in a way Uh, the triads of course didn't let him leave they took stole everything he had including his clothes and his phone wrote on his body got a prostitute couldn't pay filmed him with his face and everything and the video basically is him on the corner of the busy street and the man saying in cantonese go run to where you see the most people if you turn back i'll beat the shit out of you and that's the video if you were that guy you'd have to leave the country i think so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i i would i would leave you'd have to start in your life yeah. there's just no way yeah 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 because you just go to a place where it's okay this is not like international news, right? So if yes, he just moves yes. to like another country, he would be fine. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. But that's so scary. Yeah, it's and who's terrifying. releasing the video? Do they like? That's right, for sure. Like, yeah, they just want to, you know, blast them, right? Like put them on. But blast. they just put the like on an anonymous account, pretending to be like, "Hey, look what I just found on the internet!" Like those guys are more like more. Uh, or no, I wouldn't say organized. What's the right word? They're more uh, like op like brazen. Brazen. That's okay. the word. Yeah, they're more brazen than that. They're just like. The guy himself would be oh, okay. Like, yeah, <laughs> share. Look share. what I did last night exactly. to some poor dude. Yeah, yeah. Upload. Share and subscribe. Okay. Yeah, share, <laughs> like, and subscribe. Exactly. And he would have his friends because he wants to make sure that it goes on blast, right? Yeah. So he would have his friends share it and stuff. It's not and just course, like share, like, and subscribe. It's like gun to head. Share, like, and subscribe, <laughs> motherfucker. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that's our crime, basically. Cool. Guy who gotta, couldn't pay for a prosy. Yeah, quick yeah. Um, crime rundown you also told me about something wild that happened this is 
Okay, back in the village, yeah. back in Taishan, Anna and my mum wanted to go to... Anna's ha- your sister. Yeah, Heidi Lau. They kept going on about this is like top of their list. We're going to go hot pot and get yeah. our nails done. And so she was doing research because she loves to research and uh, she's been way too organised on this trip. But she found out she was on the Wikipedia page for Heidi Lau mm. and she... Uh, basically verified something you told us, which is every now and then there's some scandal where the billboards fuck up and yeah. show porn. And yep. I'm like, sorry, what? Like, <laughs> what? Like, this is not something I'm familiar with. Love it, yeah. And Heidi Lau had a scandal as well. So yeah, tell yeah. me about that. Well, throughout my time in China, every, yeah, maybe every two years, there's always a story of a billboard because I think they're kind of old school when they run like, it's basically an HDMI situation where it's someone's computer and then the billboards run with like someone's video player and it just goes on repeat on the billboard or whatever you want to show. Which means sometimes if you fuck that up, you show your own screen or sometimes your own desktop. So the innocent situation sometimes is that you see someone who's like, the video player stopped playing and you suddenly see someone's uh, desktop. And you're like, yeah. oh, that's funny. <laughs> you see, like, the windows desktop with, like, the yeah, icons. Yes. In, like, a gigantic square <laughs> in, like, a city in China. Yeah, usually I don't even see anyone's desktop, though. Like, yeah. back home, it's just, you need to install an update. And yeah, it's, like, yeah. a huge real estate ad or something. Yeah. And it's, like, Windows 97 needs exactly. an update. <laughs> so this is yeah. kind of funny, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, that's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah. So what happens is that sometimes whoever does that uh, is also watching porn because I don't blame them if their job is to extend their screen and play some fucking, you know, whatever Heidi Lau ad. And then, you know, you gotta, man has gotta kill time. <laughs> you know? So, what are you gonna do? So, yeah. And then every now and then, there is the fuck up. Yeah. Where that is blasted on the screen and then people take videos and laugh and then the guy gets whacked. Yes. Yeah. And the Heidi Lau one played throughout a restaurant Correct. with like family. <laughs> Trying to enjoy hot pot. <laughs> <laughs> Which, to, you know, being a, an avid hater of hot pot, this is probably the, the best, best thing to have to, hot pot. The best thing to have, the most exciting part yeah. about any Five hot stars, pot. piano yes. started playing through the restaurant. Yes. Like, <laughs> You're like, oh, finally this meal is actually interesting. There is some <laughs> yeah, flavor to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> You also told me that people go back to visit scenes of the crime like if people have had sex tapes released from like change rooms like it suddenly makes that shop very popular yes so we have had that in china years ago all china hands will know the story uniqlo in beijing so in beijing there is a area the clubbing area is called saniton it's just like the big party area uh and in saniton they have a big big uniqlo it's like two or three story uh what happened is that However, many years ago, 2014, 15, whatever it is, a couple decided, there is actually conspiracies about it too, but the story is a couple decided to go into the change room in Uniqlo and film, film themselves bang, right? And then put it on WeChat. And WeChat is, is just Weibo or whatever. All of these platforms just like, you know, it goes like wildfire. It's so mm. quick. There's just sheer number of people in China online. Mm. And at the time as well, WeChat moments were just picking up. It's just like there is no way to stop it. And it was like the cat and mouse game with the sensors. Because it's a sex video, they tried to take it down. It's just impossible. Yeah. So it just made it to all of our phones, right? (laughs) 
Which is amazing because the criti- like, you know, the critique of the video and stuff was hilarious. Yeah. Like all the bloggers like, oh yeah, this guy's not even like good at it. And you know, <laughs> she, because the video is interesting because he's like, sorry to be graphic, like he was like behind her, but she's the one holding the phone. Actually, it might have been him, but both of them are looking at the mirror. Clearly they're filming it. Like they're not like, it's not a secret video. Yeah, yeah. He's not secretly filming her. It's yes. both of them like, oh, look, whatever. yes. yes. Now, we don't know how the video got online, if it's them, if someone took their phone, whatever. Yeah. But then that's where the story I was telling you is like that made this Uniqlo so popular <laughs> that now at the time the, the, the conspiracy was, oh, that's a Uniqlo inside oh, job. Oh, like guerrilla marketing. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. But then you also can't, if you get that viral in China for something like this, the couple themselves can't get away with it. So I... I if That's I have true. to, be- if I'm a betting man, these people are still in prison. But if they didn't leak it, they could probably be off the hook no. in a fair Not in China. court of law. <laughs> Not in China. No. You think you can have a sex video in China go that viral and be like, oh, sorry, it wasn't us. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't matter. No, I mean, like, not that, yeah, well, if they didn't say, like, let's say their phones were legitimately stolen, mm. uh, then it becomes a. It's private property, as in like Uniqlo is I'm a. I'm gonna stop you right a, here. It's a bit, <laughs> right, wait, it's a business. Like Uniqlo would be like, okay, we should reprimand these customers then, or say like, you know, you're banned from our store, which has happened like to my friend's dad got banned from Blockbuster, the video store in Australia like, for life because mm. he didn't return DVDs, yeah. right? So then like the government doesn't need to get involved because like they did a fuck up in a store that's private. It's so funny you're saying these words and I'm looking at your <laughs> Chinese face and you're saying the most un-Chinese terms I've ever heard in my entire life. Things like private property and rule of law. Yeah. Those are things. Freedoms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just looking at like a Chinese face saying these things. I'm like, these things don't, there is system error happening right okay. now. <laughs> okay. <When> you're, like, <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, in a court of law. I'm, like, I'm going to stop you right here. <laughs> all right, hang them. That's all right. Does that make more sense? If, I am, if I'm betting, I actually think they're still in prison. They're like a young couple. Or maybe they got 10 years, whatever they got. So that's a story. And then literally after that, there was lines outside the Uniqlo. And I'm like, fuck, that was genius. And they installed, they had to install a security cam- security man. I don't know if they're still there. Probably are. On that dressing that's room. Amazing. Because it became a tourist attraction. Yeah, they should enshrine it. That is really good for marketing. In fact, I think if I was Uniqlo, I would be working with it and putting a little bit of innuendo in the ads, you know? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, the ad agency should definitely... If they were, yeah, with yeah. it and yeah. wanted to be hip and down with it. But then again, not in China. They're not going to be like, oh, remember this thing? <laughs> nudge, nudge. Everyone's like... Because, you know, we've said a lot of crazy shit on this podcast. This is going to be one of them. There is, China is very good at like making sure that shit didn't happen. Mm. So our buddy not going to mention who someone went to perform recently in China a stand-up comedy and it's a bit of script and all of that but one of the funniest notes that he got back on his script was hey because he had a joke it's not about COVID he mentioned he got married during COVID and the censor sent back his script going it's fine however you don't need to say COVID you just say during the time we were all home Mm. and that's also that's, that's a very systematic thing of like Oh yeah, on this day nothing happened. Nothing happened. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's like if if Uniqlo goes, oh yeah, let's make a wink, yeah. wink, nudge, nudge. It's like like the whoever is in charge of like about what? 
Nothing happened. Yes. Yeah. What? what are you talking about? They're like, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. The changing room that does not exist and shall like, not be named. <laughs> it's actually the changing room if it was number 23. Now it's number 22 and then 24. Yeah. <laughs> the changing room was never there. <laughs> so, yeah. So being here in Hong Kong for you, you have never lived abroad. Yeah, true. I've done a lot of traveling. I think I've spent in total years of my life on the road and in internationally. Um, but to stay in a place for longer, I think the longest time I've stayed in one place overseas was Madrid for like over a month. So yeah, that's a very different experience to being in a place where I can actually speak a bit of the language. So it's been good to, I think just being surrounded by the sounds helps a lot. Mm. And uh, I think the first few days of being in Shanghai, my brain was like, subconsciously trying to wrap itself around the pronunciation of words and like things were coming back to me like characters and being like reading stuff and lessons I've had in the past that have just been like have disappeared from my like short-term memory but are still deep within me so I feel like that's where it starts you start picking up the language again very quickly and even being here um there's nowhere else in the world where you can be exposed to that much Cantonese. So I, I think because I've given up on learning Mandarin, this yeah. is like the one last shot I have <laughs> at being any kind of bilingual. Mm. But going back to Taishan, you guys speak Taishanese there. Yeah, which everyone thinks is a made-up language. It even sounds when they made say, up yeah. as obviously I live here. I, I don't understand Cantonese, but I can identify it and I can understand decent amount of Mandarin. Taishanese sounds like neither. It yes, sounds like, yeah. like it's completely its own thing. Correct. Where is it coming? I know it's from that village, but like, yeah. what, do you know the origins? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, you know how, like, Uyghur language has like Turk Turkish roots, for example. Yeah. Like, do you know where the Taishanese like any history to? Well, I actually think it's like the other way around, where these small languages developed into Cantonese mm. rather than like the the other way. And I think now I understand the benefit of having one common language that is. Uh, somewhat decided upon or mandated because yeah. these all these like little towns like needed to talk to each other mm. and it, we were given shit for having a like a redneck accent from the people in the city so we'd go shopping and they're like what's wrong with your voice that's and that's so because funny. we're 10 kilometers south of where the city is yeah. and they can't understand us and so they would laugh at us in the shops and See, uh, this is quite i i find this fascinating because this is actually all over the world too like Indians are famous for that. They have 7,000 languages mm. plus and they're notorious for like giving each other shit for having a slightly different... Yeah. And it's like, you live across the street. Actually, yeah. some <laughs> Indian comic literally had a joke about this. Like, how you think you're better than your neighbor who lives yes. across the street because you speak different from him. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> you're both in the same shitty place. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Then, you know, Cantonese unites all of the, the Guangdong province. Mm. Um, but the the language itself, like everyone, it's not that well known. So when that little amount of people speak it, like when I say I speak a Chinese dialect, everyone's yeah. always asking, like, is it Jeju? Is it this or that? Is it Hokkien? And I'm like, it's not that. And so... Yeah, when you told me the first time, not only that I never heard the word Taishan... But I also yeah. didn't know they have their own dialect, or language, really. Mm. And, and there'll be, yeah, thousands of places like this as well. So, so I'm many. trying to put just this one on the map. And at least it's got a few stats, which we forgot to finish talking mm. about, oh, which yeah. is like the majority of um, Chinese migrants who move elsewhere in the world are from Taishan. So like f pulls its weight like 
in terms of... But that's of probably not a great thing that the city, like, because Egypt is kind of like that when it's yeah, everyone's such escaped. a... Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lebanon is... Lebanon, here's a shocking stat. Lebanon is about 3 million people in the country, about 10 million outside of... Yeah, Le- wow. Yeah, like most of Lebanese... If they all decided to go home, the country would explode. Correct. Yeah, most <laughs> Lebanese don't live in Lebanon. Yeah. By like a big majority. Yes. Yeah, which is just nuts. But also if you leave, you're given the chance to have kids and then like your family would grow exponentially and stuff so that makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. but there's a lot of like half lebanese like shakir is half lebanese just i only found out the example. other day yeah <laughs> but there is a lot of like half lebanese in fact in south america there is so many like half lebanese people or like like second or third generation that they're now like up in like political yeah like, I, th- I believe the president of i don't want to fuck up the country probably bolivia or somewhere there is mm. like a, a lebanese migrant basically yeah. Or immigrant rather or a yeah. son of one this is like yeah they just, just like become yeah just become part of the mm. i think they're particularly proud of this stat in taishan because it's associated with the gold rush so mm. a lot of them got out because they went to make their own fortunes mm. and like work hard and like give it a shot and then because they earned that money they could stay in these other places like america canada mm. and australia so i think it's Something that isn't like, oh, they hated the place and they all fled. It mm. was like, oh, they went to seek adventures and fortunes and stuff and it worked. Yeah. Um, and yeah, a lot of the celebrities you see in Hollywood who are Chinese are actually from there as well, which I didn't know. Mm. Yeah. When we were planning this trip for you, you had made a point to uh, make sure that you run a workshop for, for, uh, for the comics here, especially for the female comics and the gender neutral Gender, gender diverse. G- gender yeah. diverse, that one. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Collect, correct the yeah. old man here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gender diverse people. Uh, why did you like? Why did you insist on doing that? The first time I came to Hong Kong, I think I was really surprised at why there's only one woman on a lineup. Mm. That's something that was probably common five to ten years ago in Australia. Mm. And everyone was very polished and professional, but there's only one mm. professional woman who's permanently here. Mm. So... I was wondering what's happening at the open mics. So I went to one, a Cantonese one, and then like the aftermath one. And I saw that even there also representation was low too. Mm. So I'm like, what's happening? Are people afraid to give it a go? Are they too busy? Is it, uh, there's no, well, there's no women running shows really, right? Mm. There's like a group, one group. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it comes from the top. And I asked you this question too, like why Mm. are you not, booking more women mm. um what did you say i just said it's like it's not about women it's just um, i'm running a meritocracy i like to think it's just like whoever mm. whoever meets a certain standard threshold gets booked and this is why there is a, a one person who is passing that standard and i also said i am desperate to have more mm. But I also have standards that I'm not willing to lower for men or a woman or for yeah. anybody. Like there are friends, and I'm not saying this as a secret. I have good friends in the scene who I would love to book. Yeah. But they're not meeting. Like they're actually closer to me than a lot of people on the lineup. Mm. Uh, but I am running a business. Yeah. And that's that's really that's where it comes down to. Mm. It's like if you are good to meet that standard, you get booked. If you're not, you don't. Yeah. And then I asked about time spent fostering the next. Generation. Right, and that's what I went. That's not my job because it's. I, I stand by that. It's not. I, I. I. can't actually. Like, ideally, I would like to. I would like to also have like some sort of yeah. But if that's the case, I would run an open mic 
but I'm too busy mm, to do yes, that. Yes. And I don't have the any capacity to do it. I don't have my own room that I can do whatever I want with. I rent the venue. Again, yeah. not a secret. I work in one of the nicest buildings in all of Hong Kong and I rent and I pay premium price for that venue. So where I'm, like, you know, someone else can do the open mic. That's not my job. My yeah. job is to run a show and make it as good as possible. Mm. And that's where I thought, what can I do in my circle of control and um in the past i've run a lot of workshops and anyone can like get a group together if you're interested in uh, sharing your skills mm. so it's pretty common to if you have an area of expertise that you just start ticketing a weekend and you know you get to, I've, I've met some of the best friends i have in comedy through doing intensives like that so through clowning um buffant uh, storytelling mm. and it's always someone different running it and it's never like we don't have a monopoly on like who does the classes and stuff mm. in Melbourne so I think it's uh it's really fun to just see what comes out of it because some people might never have tried comedy ever and then the goal is just to have fun for a few hours and then some are probably going to want to work on some material so if I can get a few people um, to start thinking about how to improve their comedy and then give them the chance of being booked in the future, then that's better than them feeling like they're locked out because they're like, what, what else can I be doing mm. to try to get booked? Because well, I know the frustration. Yeah, well, this is going to be a very radio-like question, but like, what can people expect if they want to sign up to do? Like, w what is actually going to happen? Like, what's the program mm. like in your head, at least? Yeah. Um, so, we've got, like, four hours together. Mm. So, the first things I like to do are just make people feel comfortable in the in the room and with the people that they're going to be hanging out with. Because I know, especially with stand-up, it's such a personal um, thing that you're sharing with people publicly. So, you want to make it feel like it's deeply you and b deeply vulnerable. But at the same time, like, it's, it's not because you've, like you've curated the things that you want to talk about. Mm. Um, so, yeah, games, um, trying to get looser, be in your body. I really like getting up and, and moving around mm. and, um, yeah, doing things that where you're not afraid to embarrass yourself, mm. I think. So that's like the foundation of getting up on stage. Because, that is true, yeah. Yeah, uh, and not being afraid to fail and that takes a long time to sink in. Um, that It's all just testing and seeing what works and repetitive testing like that's why we have open mics and gigs sure. and i think the fear of bombing is probably mm. the biggest deterrent for people to try stand up because if they do it once and it doesn't go well then they never want to try again so yeah. one of the sayings is that people think that um which i think is true like you when you start you're either hooked on it or you never want to do it again mm. so if we can get more people towards the wow, that, that was great. What a yeah. rush. Like, I want to do that more. So I think the focus is going to be on fun. And then there's probably going to be some exercises with writing and then some performance at the end as well. Like if people have already done comedy, mm. they can, you know, come up with some stuff that's new or old and we just have a, have a watch and give some feedback. So I think that will be a nice gentle way in where it's like take it at your own level. That's great. That's, uh, that sounds very exciting. And I genuinely hope whether you are, yeah, comedy enthusiast, an open micer or someone who is just, you know, want to get your act to the next level or none of the above and you are not interested in stand up, but you just want to be more comfortable in a public speaking setting or just mm. want to do something fun as the organizer who is not going to be there is just going to be you and 
women so you just like, might need you, some help setting up the room <laughs> i can set up the room but like the point is that yeah. as you know the producer of that the organizer uh, i have to say that all the money that we're getting are is going to the bar uh, so we're actually neither you or me are making any money. Yeah, uh, just like the, because the bar and the aftermath is our friend are uh, very generously opening the door at 11 a.m. That they don't operate at that time. Uh, so we're just yeah, the, there'll be a drink included. I'm not trying to sell that. I'm just saying what it is. There will be a drink included, but also the rest of all 100% of your ticket, which is only hundred dollar. It's going to yeah. include a drink and the rest of it is going straight to the bar. Yeah. So full uh, disclosure, I'm not getting paid. Exactly. You're not getting paid for this. I'm not getting paid for this. I genuinely hope that people uh, do show up because as one of the few bookers in the city, we are desperate to have more diversity on the lineup. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not willing to you know, compromise the, the, the quality of the, of the shows that I have. I just want people to be good so we can run better shows. Yeah. And you can't fix it in one session, but you know, if no. I'm here more often and people there's demand for it, you can run regular. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And our buddies Garen and, and Tambi do one every few months as well. It's mm. a more general like yours is for women, gender mm. defo- gender diverse. You'll uh, get there in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep yeah, trying. Exactly. Yeah, keep trying. I have to like ri- read it every time I'm saying it. Well, yeah, you'd really struggle with LGBTQIA+. All right, then, that's, I'm you? not even <laughs> going to bother. Uh, but one last thing. You also have, because it's probably the the couple of weeks before your big headliner show, uh, towards the end of your stay, that's going to be on Australia Day. So very quickly, mm. what is Australia Day about as a non-Australian? Yeah. Um, it's a controversial day, Uh-oh. but it's a day that um, made sense where I'm here for a whole month. I'm like, well, if I have to choose any day of significance, I'm mm. Chinese Australian. Yeah. So 26th of Jan. Um, it is our national day. Mm-hmm. And um, recently people have wanted to change the date mm. as well. So full acknowledgement of that as well, because it... Um, I so can hear our buddy Andy already from here going, like, don't fucking touch my day. <laughs> <laughs> I like barbecues yeah, and beaches exactly. on that day. Yeah. Uh, but it celebrates uh, the day that Australia was colonized. Right. Yeah. In um, Ooh, I 1788. See sure. I think. Yeah. So when the Brits basically sent their prisoners to Australia, or is no, that... they were like, we discovered this country. There was just oh, so that's before they found here. before they found they sent the prisoners. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So before, they found it first. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And there were obviously the Aboriginals like, nah, that's ours now. What? No, so they were Aboriginals, obviously. They were living oh, there, Oh, yes, right? they were living there. And yeah, then the yeah. British were like, no, we found it. Yeah, so we found yeah, it, yeah, so, so it's it. ours. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's a common story like America, like a lot of places. Yes, sure. indeed, yeah. But it's also taken on other meetings as well, like Reconciliation Day, Mm-mm. where you know you spend time uh, reflecting on it and trying to like understand other people's perspectives, mm. um, which is more... Uh, collaborative i suppose so like the last two years on that day i've been a guest speaker like a keynote speaker at a council event where they have a indigenous smoking ceremony like you watch the sunrise you listen to people smoking ceremony sounds like something <laughs> that like was what was happening at the ktv hotel exactly <laughs> <laughs> that is actually one of the things on the secret item on the secret <laughs> menu is smoking ceremony in the elevator, in the elevator yeah, yeah. under the foreigner's room <laughs> yeah so um there's a lot of events across australia on that day that are uh, definitely 
acknowledging like the tragedies that have happened and how do we move forward but we don't have a solution that's passed through parliament yet because every time we vote on anything like we had the voice recently yeah. people are too racist yeah. to make a change <laughs> love it yeah okay so how is that oh, let's bring it back to your show <laughs> <laughs> so anyway that's just about when when it's happening but the show itself is going to be the highlights from the last stand-up show that i wrote but also the new stuff that's coming because we're preparing for melbourne international comedy festival right. so i'll have 30 minutes and some opening acts and confirmed ben yeah. ben quinlan another we Australian. don't need to mention the opening acts now because uh, they are subject to change okay change, subject to change but it'd be yeah. great to have another aussie on uh, ben, ben ben is is, is opening yeah okay, so ben cool. we can we can mention that ben quinlan yeah. is gonna be on the show uh but either way we're very excited for that so tickets for uh your uh headliner show 26 of august yeah January. Where what? Uh, <laughs> where am I? We're recording too early. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't record that early usually. Uh, 26th of January, Friday, Australia Day. Tickets are in the description down there. Uh, thank you so much, Annie, for joining uh, me on the special edition of Ho Hong Kong. Uh, we will see you guys at the shows, backstage shows. Coming up, we have uh, Showcase 19th of January. Uh, with a bunch of people, li- link in the description as well. as uh, And then we have Hong Kong as Fuck, biggest panel show, comedy panel show in Hong Kong. Actually, both Annie and I are uh, going to be panelists this time, as well as Kari Gunnarsson, and of course, the fabulous creator host, uh, Garen Chu. That's going to be really fun too. That's the day after your headliner, 27th of January. Mm. And you can come to both. And if you do come to both, I will buy you a drink. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Awesome. Bye.